0: We hope
1: we're here. We hope we're here.
0: Oh.
1: So, well, welcome. Welcome to uh, another virtual panic. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> another virtual gathering uh, with the Camelot's Vineyards. So the hilarious thing is, is we, uh, we got this all set up early, ran our tests, everything was working fine. And then we go to start it up again and we have issues. What's, what's with that? Hi, Barb. Hi, Barb. Hey. Yeah, We so we've set up something a little bit different today, haven't we? What have you done?
0: Well, what have I done? I got dressed today.
1: You did get dressed today. <laughs>
0: I, was, <laughs> I know that's not what you're looking for. No,
1: that wasn't what I was looking for.
0: We set up a laptop so we can actually see comments coming and... If you guys have any questions, any concerns, we can actually see it and respond. And it's just easier. Laptop and, or iPad and phone just doesn't cut it for us.
1: Yeah, so we thought we'd switch our technology up just a bit. Um, hopefully provide a bit more uh, connectivity with you guys. I see Andrew on there. Is that, see? See, see
0: now we can see See, you. this is good. We
1: can see. We're, we're, <laughs> we got our blinders off. Um yeah listen we we are here from our home in Farm Hartfield, and if you can sort of check over Deb's shoulder or maybe even to the window behind my left shoulder, you'll see that there is snow on the ground. I don't know if you got snow on your ground, but we certainly had some snow, so it's kind of fun.
0: cold. last night we had a hot tub in the snow we did It was good yeah, it was it's a little chilly jumping from the house to the hot tub in your
1: yeah the, bathing suit and the snowflakes were falling. it was kind of fun i yeah. I enjoyed that um Anyways, we've we're uh, we're kind of happy to be here. We're continuing on in a series um, with the church, right? Isn't that uh, isn't that right, honey? Oh yes, yes honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> one thing that counts, only one thing that counts. Uh, that's been sort of the foundation for our series. Um, as we've been slipping back into the work of the church, um, I had shared last week that I've been just feeling this sort of unshakable reminder about Paul's uh, discussion about our new nature and, uh, his letter to the, to the, to the Colossian church. He says, uh, he said, uh, he's, and it comes out of the fifth chapter of Paul's letter. Oh, sorry. To the Galatian church. Man, see there I got my church, which is all mixed up the letters all mixed up, but yeah, to the church of the Galatia, he says in verse chapter five, verse six, Paul writes, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, through love. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So moving into this new year, and and a, and really still a, a time of uncertainties. Uh, I, I listened to our prime minister <laughs> trying to trying to calm Canadians down and and saying, "Yeah, it's feeling a little bit like deja vu coming into the new year. It isn't uh, kind of what we wanted to see. We were hoping for big changes. Well, changes are coming, but it just uh, all other things are bearing down on us. So yeah, it's a it's still a year that uh, that uh, has." Uh, comes with some uncertainty as we consider the the words of our mouths, the works of our hands, as we consider the invitation of the Lord to gather around him as his sons and daughters, um, I keep hearing those that invitation from Paul. Uh, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So use that, you know, use that as a filter um, for how you're processing life, how you're how you're thinking about yourself, how you're thinking about others, how you're thinking about your situation, and, your, and as, you're, as you're walking into situations and circumstances, how are you entering into those circumstances? Are you thinking about, about how do I express my faith? Um, how, do I, how, do I, how do I deal with the conflict of the situation that I'm walking in? And Just think of these words. The only thing Paul says that counts is faith, our faith expressing itself through love. So through the balance of this month, we're like doubling down, Uh, doubling down our efforts and focusing on the important work of embracing Christ and loving others. I mean, that's the high call. Uh, Yeah. A good foundation for us to lay. So in part, we're laying like, yeah, this foundation for everything that we put our hands to in the year ahead. But we're also asking you to join us through the week. Yes, that's true. We're, we're like doubling down <laughs> our efforts. Uh, it's, what we're looking at is an eight-week journey to invigorate deep changes and invite deep changes in our relationship to Jesus and our relationship with others. Um, and it's called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. Uh, our plan is to run a course one evening. Thursdays Thursday nights right seven
0: o'clock
1: uh, yeah at seven o'clock and it involves a commitment to um, for those of you that are participating to purchase a, a, a couple of paperback books emotionally healthy relationship workbook and an emotionally healthy relationship day by day devotional and the course uh, we're gonna host the course so it'll be fun. Yeah, hopefully we're <laughs> figured out our technology by then. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. You know, every day is a is a I feel like we're running on a, a whim and a prayer. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be gathering every Thursday evening, and, and it, we're, the sessions are going to involve 90 minutes to two hours at the absolute max, uh, every even on those Thursday evenings. Um, it's going to include a couple segments of video teaching that we're going to share. We're going to be doing all of this on a Zoom online call, so, um, and then we're going to you know, if, if we're going to have people, we're going to be facilitating some breakouts and dialogue amongst one another. And so far, it's looking like we're going to have, you know, uh, yeah, a decent number of people yep. that don't want to sign on and do this. Um, uh, but it's going to involve a bit of reading and it's going to involve a commitment. Not a whole lot. No, not a whole lot. It's that's, a
0: little bit every day. It's a little. It's not like chapters and chapters of a book every day
1: (laughs) which is why debbie said yeah this segment of ehs emotional healthy spirituality would be the good one for us to do plus relationship yeah well (laughs) that's the Uh, i know that's the confusing part that's the name of the ministry. oh i get emotional healthy spirituality yeah it is confusing i i gotta i'll just call it ehs (laughs) yeah Okay, so there's two segments of the EHS training, um, and really it's it's a training that, that works on us, but it, it's, we're hoping it's something that just influences and strengthens our culture, our our connection as family. and, a, and
0: uh, Also, too, growing up, a lot of us, I wasn't taught healthy ways to do relationship, to, yeah. to have healthy sure. conversations. When there's conflict, healthy uh, Healthy ways to work through it. Yeah, we just punched and pulled hair, and
1: yeah, and hopefully that's what we're going to be doing really <laughs> <laughs> like fistfuls of hair.
0: Uh, only my sister. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's still yeah. we fought good. Yeah, you've worked through that though, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now our hair comes out automatically with age.
1: Yeah, there you go. We 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 value our hair even more so as <laughs> as mature Christians and. Yeah, sons and daughters of Jesus. Um, but listen, I I've finished this pitch by sharing that it's the stuff that we walk out uh, and that we exercise in times of quiet. So part of part of our journey is is learning to do devotion, uh, is learning to do to to do what we call like a daily office, and we'll explain more about that certainly in the course. But this whole idea yeah. of 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 quieting our soul, uh, of seeking Jesus in a in a quiet. Uh, place in a, in a place of silence and and just kind of uh, yeah bridging those things pulling those things together it's been a like a, a totally um, empowering exercise or shift for us i think even in our in our faith journey this many years out right yep like 38 years into faith there we are we're still there's so much that uh, we can and need to to learn, right? Oh,
0: till the day we yeah, die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> till the day we die. Um, so three weeks ago, yeah, I thought I'd, I would preface our, our our conversation here on a on a conversation that we had. I see, people still coming on. I see Charity on there. Who else? have we got?
0: We have Courtney and Charity, Connie, Colleen.
1: Yeah, hey, we, everybody. We got lots this this list of Cs are out there. <laughs> And Andrea, okay, yeah, there you go. Um, Anyways, uh, three weeks ago, I wanted to sort of preface our conversation on uh, a a neat little social connection we had with a couple of friends of ours um, in a Zoom conversation, and uh, it's always fun on Zoom because you're never sure how how apt we are with uh, with the technology. But there we were looking kind of awkward, staring at one another. We would have rather have been doing it over a coffee oh, table. Oh,
0: betcha. But well, of course, with them is a glass of wine usually.
1: Yeah, with, yeah a glass of wine. But they were, of course, like hundreds of miles away. So, uh, yeah. So Zoom is pretty. That's actually a pretty cool option. And um, but as we always do, we sort of talked about our personal lives and and our our family connections and, uh, and, you know, and we check in with one another. I think we have a pretty honest check in with one another to see how we're doing physically, how we're doing emotionally. And then we talk about our spiritual lives, like how, you know, that's the beautiful thing about sharing Jesus with one another is, and you have this other conversation. Um, And uh, inevitably we discussed our, our various church fellowships, right? Um, and and we were inviting stories about things experienced, and especially in light of all of these imposed restrictions to gathering. And uh, one of them, one of our friends there holds a, a doctoral. Um, uh, she's been trained up in, a, in doctoral ministry. She's a she's uh, she's not a professional minister in that sense. In other words, she's not a paid minister. Um, but she's a, lay, she's a lay minister in every word of the sense. She's a like she's pretty just,
0: smart cookie.
1: She's, she's what? I
0: said a pretty smart oh, cookie. Pretty,
1: a pretty smart cookie. Well, yeah, and, and actually she's really good at hearing. Like yeah, she's, she is. You know, she just so naturally moves in and out of, do you think? she asks, She's really good at asking questions that are going to get at some things. Yeah. And it's because she hears really well. Um, and then she has these these awesome words and dreams and pictures for us from time to time that, that really I think her when she speaks I'm like listening, um, but she said it's this is a very interesting time for people and and we agreed that sort of gone were the days when you could simply just show up and do church right in in that sense you like to use the word play church but you know. <laughs> But sort of gone are those are those days, at least right now. Um, and in those days, I mean, there can be a temptation with so much coming on on you and at you that uh, you just simply rely on the effort of others, including our worship and ministry teams and leaders, to 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 actually doing the heavy work of stirring and capturing our affections. Right? You know, I I mean, I can relate to that. Like that's that's not a stretch. Um, but I, I loved what what uh what she said she says we're we're like all being dragged and drawn into this place where we have to learn if we're going to you know survive and do well we're going to have to learn how to disciple ourselves and i thought man that is a that is a that's, that's not something good. i've ever thought yeah. of right that's good uh, and just like our um you know just like our education system is leveraging parents <laughs> right now to teach their children you know uh, they're being called on to do more with their children now in terms of teaching than they maybe ever have had to do. Uh, um, so too parents have had to add to this to, to continue the privilege of training up their children in the ways of Jesus. Like, so there, it's, uh, you know, uh, we ought to be praying for our young families right now. It's, uh, there's a lot, being, a lot of responsibility being downloaded onto parents and especially in these times. But, but you know I, I took that further and I and I started asking the questions when you consider leading others in the faith um, or training up our children in the things of the Lord we can't lead anyone anywhere that we aren't already going to ourselves you know um, you know I I you know when I thought about that statement I, th- I thought about Moses who of course led God's people out in the wilderness for 40 years and um, But when he went back to Egypt, he went back to a culture and a space and time where he had been trained up and where he had lived amongst the people. He knew the Egyptian culture really well, um, which made him perfectly suited for going there. But he had also already spent 40 years unlearning everything that he had learned in that culture. And God sent him back in and then he sent the people out. and It was supposed to be a short
0: Short little jaunt.
1: A short jaunt through the desert, and it was a short jaunt that turned into 40 years. But he was the man that was...
0: COVID p- will not last 40 years. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a word from the... <laughs> 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 but there, we can't... The, the whole point, we can't lead anyone anywhere where we aren't already yeah. going to ourselves. And it was out in that desert experience that Moses encountered uh, change in his life, and then he ultimately encountered God himself, right? Um All of us are called to learn from Jesus, the great shepherd. This is where all of this is going. Uh, When we talk about discipling ourselves, we're all called to learn from Jesus himself. All of us, as his children, are the sheep that are in his care. Uh, The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I'm um, referring to Jesus himself who's saying this. He said, as a sheep, we're, we're wholly dependent. As sheep, we're dependent on the kindness and the leading of our shepherd. Like they're, uh, We're trusting in him. We're learning to put our trust in him. It doesn't bode well for a sheep if they don't trust their shepherd. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and in the 10th chapter of John, Jesus says that his sheep hear his voice and they follow him. He doesn't drive us out to move us forward. That's not how a shepherd works, right? But he calls us and he draws us to follow him. Uh, Our lives, each and every one of us, are dependent on discerning and hearing his voice.
0: And did you know we all can hear his voice? Yes, Debbie,
1: we can all hear. (laughs) <laughs> Did you guys know that 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 uh, we can all hear his voice? Of course, our lives each and every one of us are dependent on discerning his voice because sometimes there's a lot of voices coming at you, oh yeah, and right now on the airwaves, there are many different kinds of voices coming at you those are those those are the, some of them telling you that they've heard directly from the Lord and uh, don't waste your time trying to seek him out. I've heard everything that you need to hear and just follow me. Um, I'm starting to get bombastic yeah. here, but I'm, I'm going to leave it there. But we're all called, we're all called with this responsibility to hear the Lord for himself and, and to test what we're hearing as as a, as a community. We're called to draw near to him and kneel down to rest. To anyone who comes to him and asks, Jesus will pour out his spirit and life into our immortal souls. I... We're made to be immortal, like to live forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Created in God's image and likeness, we. There is an eternal. There is an eternal um, glow, or 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 uh, space within us. I mean these these bodies are going to get replaced one day, but you know, yeah. But there there will be a resurrected body. I mean that's you know. Anyways, let's not go into all of that. To anyone who comes to, ask, and to him and asks, Jesus is going to pour out his spirit in life. All of us, without exception, all of us are being drawn and led through uh, really what is a shadowy and menacing valley, a low point in our world's history right now, a time of real uncertainty. And as I consider Jesus, as I consider, and as I consider David's psalm to the Lord, his shepherd, because you've heard me sort of making references to this, Jesus is going to lead us through to the other side. I am confident of that. You know that there is another side.
0: There is another side.
1: But I, I see, I see in the midst of this time, I see a transforming promise that presents us with an invitation to grow deeper in our commitment to be His followers, drawn here. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. It's
0: funny with these times where we're, you know, asked to just, you know, not to invite people in for a bit anyhow, or if you're single you get to invite a couple people in, but I'm thinking that can't stop us from growing with God because every household has a minute. Like, I mean, well, for those who invite him in, but, you know, he's present, He's present. He's present to go deeper. So you can't say, well, I can't do it now because, you know, we've got COVID and I'm not allowed anybody else in my house. Well.
1: (laughs) Jesus isn't worried about COVID restrictions. (laughs) Hi, Anita. I can see you posting on there. And Cheryl, it's good to hear from you. Courtney heard your comment. She says, I hope it's not going to last 40 years. I love that. (laughs) Amen, Amen. Yes. So we're in this amazing time, right? Where we're learning to trust Him. they rod and near staff. They comfort me. There's that promise in, in David's psalm of experiencing God in the midst of those times. And David isn't just, well, isn't this a nice trite thing to say? This is something that David himself is speaking from out of his own life and circumstances that he has felt God's sure comfort in some of the most desperate and dark times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's felt the hand of, and the anointing of God's presence, uh, in the company of his enemies. Like, you know, he has felt God's blessing with, when everything is bearing down on him. Uh, such a great Psalm, such a great Psalm. So as we consider the outworking of our faith in our life journey, um, this, that's the theme of our series. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Um, so for our scriptures today, and, and what we told people we were going to look at, we were going to open up Luke's gospel. And you and I have had quite a few conversations around this little story. It's a fantastic story. Um, and before before you read it, it's, it's, uh, it really Luke has constructed it in such a way as he's the narrative is is that Jesus and his disciples are are on their way to Jerusalem, right? <clears throat> you know they've been preaching in the towns and the city sides. They've been meeting with individuals. Um, uh, they've been yeah they've been they've they've been in the small villages. They've been proclaiming the gospel in these places. And now he's he's headed to the city. He's headed to Jerusalem and there's a there's a you know there's a shift coming in his declaration and his minister and going to the city but before they go to, to Jerusalem they have a stop over here
0: they do and i'll read it it's luke <clears throat> chapter 10 38 to 42 now as they went on their way jesus entered a village and a woman named martha welcomed him into the, her house and she had a sister called mary who sat at the lord's feet and listened to his teaching But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. I don't think it quite said that way, but whatever. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many, many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen a good portion, the good portion which will not be taken away from her
1: yeah that that's 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 kind of the the other side of of this the title for today one thing is necessary, one thing don't you love that like a one point sermon a oh, one point teaching yeah <laughs> and so this you know. Yeah, there's a lot of verbiage here that we're sharing. There's a lot of words that we're sharing, but really we're coming down to the one thing that is most necessary, which is obviously... Don't
0: be anxious and don't worry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this is why we do teaching.
0: (laughs) Don't be on your sister's case about things. Uh,
1: Don't be on... (laughs) Put away your shopping list. (laughs) Don't worry about how your hair looks on camera. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, put all those things aside. (laughs) Okay, this is why we're doing a teaching here. and you get it? Yeah, who wants to say what's the one thing? Come on. (laughs) You guys can pipe up. Barb says, Psalm 23. I love it. Yes, Barb, you actually ministered Psalm 23 to me through this last week in a time of prayer. And I wanted to say I was really appreciative of what you shared. So, yeah, that's probably why that psalm was foremost on my mind as I thought about things. I love that. Mary and Martha, they represent for us two approaches that we can take in our lives with Jesus, okay? So one of the things that you said that was kind of cool is you said, hey, look, Jesus is in our homes. He is with us, right? Yep. So Jesus has come into your home. What do you do with them? Like, what? Yeah, he's, he's in your home. What do you do with them? Like, our... Do you just get busy, distracted doing things? Martha is busy being distracted. She's she's busily and she's actively serving Jesus. So that in itself is not. Let's. We're not going to say. Look, we're not going to come down on Martha like.
0: But you know hard, what I just right? realized. What? I've read that scripture so many times. Okay. But I thought you know, Mary and Martha in the house. Mary's at the feet of Jesus. That's all I see. I didn't know. Martha said, hey, come on into my house, you know. But when she's welcoming Jesus in, she's welcoming in the 12 disciples. So now they have a house full. And Martha is actually probably feeling a little anxious. <laughs> and here's her sister just sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning all this stuff from him, which is where actually Jesus wants us to be. But she's being anxious because she's now stepped out to invite a household Yeah, into she's her hosting, house. right? And so I always thought it was just the three of them. I never realized the bigness of...
1: There's a lot of work going into hosting people, right? Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when Deb loves hosting people, just so as you know, like we can hardly wait till COVID's over so we can host.
0: Oh, you betcha.
1: But she, you know, and in a way when we worked on the home, that was foremost in our mind when we... You know, design things and, uh, you know, we're working on our renovations. We were thinking, well, how could we bring in more people and how could we create some areas where people could gather, you know? Um, Debbie loves hosting, but when she decides to host, Andrew and I start running because we know that. (laughs) We know that she's gonna be sequestering our help to get everything ready. Is she, okay,
0: you do the floors and I'll do yeah, this. Yeah, she that. has
1: oh, well. all Debbie's rules. She has all these things that we're supposed no, to do not. to get ready. Martha is busy and she is actively serving Jesus. And honey, I like I actually love that you picked up that line and for whatever reason, uh, I hadn't I hadn't focused on that. But yeah, Mary had done the welcoming. She was the one that invited No Jesus, Martha did. Or Martha, sorry. Yeah. I see, you gotta get it right. Martha had welcomed him into her house. Yeah. She's like, bring it on in and bring, bring the team with you. So there they are, all are. But she's in the midst of it, and she is missing Jesus. Martha is, she's busy doing life, doing what she has always done and expected to do. And the, group, the, the Greek of Luke's gospel is, it's uh, intelligently discerned here and spelled out. It says, she is anxious, and she is troubled about many things, um, and point being, uh, Jesus is the one that's pointing that out to her. In the middle of her her mini meltdown with Jesus, like can't she see what she's trying to do? And and he's he's got her sister sitting at his feet. <laughs> he's pointing these things out to this wonderful host who's welcomed him into her home. Uh, Martha, you're 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 anxious and you're troubled about many things. Jesus is, um, he's clearly pointing to Martha, and I think he's he's pointing to every one of us. Uh, I, um, we can we can be upset and we can be consumed with many things, but only one thing is necessary. <laughs> one thing, honey. Not your hair. <laughs> not the condition of your house. And maybe not even necessarily what you're serving. Mary has chosen the best part of their time together. The best part of the meal. The main part. And she has chosen the one thing that truly matters. What did she choose to do?
0: To sit at the feet of Jesus.
1: Right on. And learn. And learn. Speak. Yeah, there you go. And, and, and. And she's chosen, Jesus says she's chosen the one thing that matters and it should not be taken away from her. And Jesus sat there, like he's still sitting there because that would have been his position. He would have been sitting and and teaching and sharing. Jesus sat there looking up to Martha who's trying to address him from outside, all of the bodies there in the room and insisted that he would not let that be taken from her. And, and there's a bit of a... There's some authority <laughs> there in what he's saying. Like Jesus sees the value of what Mary has pressed into doing, and he's telling Martha, "It's not going to be taken away from her." And Martha is troubled by many things. The, the text implies that sort of the beyond the busyness uh, that was consuming her in the moment of hosting everybody. Um, maybe Martha was carrying other weighty problems that she was simply not shaking in her life.
0: Well, I doubt the anxiousness of that one moment is got a root to other moments in our life.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Of not resting. Yeah. And Jesus being Jesus yeah. knows that.
1: Sure he does. Sure he does. <laughs> Courtney says, I relate.
0: And <laughs> I was thinking too, as I was reading, I thought... You know, Jesus made water into wine. Yes. Like if we learn to rest in Him and soak up, He'll provide the food needed in the moment. Like it's just.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a bit of the. Yeah. So as you and I had talked, it's a bit of the. The disciples don't know who they've got with them. Have they, haven't they learned anything yet yeah. when they, you know, were wondering how they were going to feed the 5,000? He said, you feed him. <laughs> There's a suggestion here that she still, even if she had been able to sit with Jesus, that her she still would have been occupied and distracted from s- settling everything down so that she could really hear him. Have you ever had those times where you're just trying to sit still and you can't?
0: Oh, and your um, mind is over here and here. And actually... Yeah.
1: Sure. Sure. All of us go through these things. Jesus, uh, um, but I, I I'm, you know, I can only read into the story. But I, likely, he's heard the irritation in Martha's voice and, and in her appeal. But Jesus, and, and she just can't see what he's seeing. And Jesus had also accepted and, and welcomed Mary um, into a space that uh, it, that was typically. Only for men, right? Yeah. Culturally speaking, yeah, like Mary had crossed right over this this social barrier that typically was separ- separated men from women. Um, uh, and in that culture, houses were, they were like physically divided into a space uh, that was for the men, so to speak.
0: Yes, and the kitchen being for the woman.
1: And the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they that in the preparation space, like they, that was it was just a cultural norm. Male and female roles were they were kind of marked out. There was an expectation there there that uh, were socially and they were religiously, literally guarded. Right.
0: Well, and there's still some religions today too. That, sure, sure. You know, the men get to go in the mosque, uh, or you know. Some some the women are on one side of the church, segregated. the men are the other.
1: Yeah, well, <coughs> there's Christian churches that still practice that. Oh, that's that. I said.
0: There's still
1: churches that do it. Yeah, there. So there, you still got this stuff going on. Male and female roles were they were strictly marked out. Those expectations were were they were that was just a part of who they were mary what are you doing in here drawn to jesus mary crossed over that invisible barrier <laughs> it's like the barrier vanished um, i i don't know if she didn't look wantingly into jesus eye and he didn't just kind of usher her to come in and and sit down among them i we mean don't we know. don't we
0: can only guess we but. can
1: only guess but she certainly felt the welcome right uh she she walked over that invisible barrier within the house. She walked past that societal world and the public room, were that was typically set aside for men, and she sat down. Uh, a woman comfortably sitting down amongst the men. Now that we would think that that just normal, now. Yeah. But in the, in that day in that time, it would have been like scandalous, right? <laughs> Any religious person coming in would have been aghast at what had just gone down. Um, I mean, only a shameless woman would do such a thing. I mean, that would have been kind of the, the sense of things going down there. There are there a number of things that happened like that throughout the Gospels, of course. We want to talk about the woman who came in and wept over Jesus' feet and right. kissed his <laughs> there is so much that goes down around Jesus and the kingdom and His ministry. The love of the Father is just like like nothing that that this that they had tasted and seen before. Um, just a scandalous love. Uh, see, but you gotta understand, like this 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 didn't have anything to do with dominance or submission. It was just a matter. of... Of what they thought was appropriate, of an appropriate division between the two halves of of humanity, <laughs> and we might say, well, that is pretty dysfunctional. But no, I mean,
0: well, that was the times, that, right?
1: It certainly was the times. In the in the same way, to sit at the feet of a teacher was a decidedly male role. Sitting at someone's feet, it, it isn't. uh it isn't. It's not like you're a, a dog at the Master's feet. I mean, that's not the way that this is meant to be seen. It's not like some uh, crazy act of de- devotion or adoration like that. But it's simply presented, like much like Saul of Tarsus, Tarsus who who sat at the feet of his teacher Gamaliel in, in Acts uh, 22 verse 3. I mean, um, Paul is, is giving an account of his life, like who he's trained up under. He sat at the feet of this famous teacher Gamaliel. Um, but he wasn't gazing up and adoring and thinking how wonderful this great rabbi was. And it, and maybe there would have been of that there. I Maybe mean, there would have been some fire and some amazement in the things that he heard. But he was there to listen and to learn. He, The focus of his, of he was looking there focusing on the teaching of his master and, and he was sorting things out in his own mind. Uh, um, to sit at someone's feet is to come as a student yeah. of the teacher, right? So, you know, that's like one of the things that we see is majorly important in terms of of you know, how do you choose your leaders? How do we choose to mature and grow in Christ? And uh, one of the things that we we hold uh, as a huge value is not only being a servant to others, but always remaining teachable. You know, like the, there's always this this posture in us and in our heart that said, "I'm still learning. I'm still a student. I may be teaching, but I'm still a student in so many ways." Yep. Um, to sit at someone's feet is to come as a student of the teacher. If you wanted to become a teacher in your own right, you had to be teachable and you had to come as a student to learn. So, in the culture of this day, there was no thought of learning simply for the sake of getting puffed up, filled up with more information and knowledge. I mean, that ought not to have been the case, right? Yeah. There was always this idea that we, it was there for a reason and to use it. Mary Mary was quietly taking her place as a student with the men there in the room. Beautiful. Uh, So that she could both teach and proclaim the goodness and kingdom of God. That would be the natural extension of what she's doing there. Not only that it would transform her thinking, but there would be a new language given to her, a new impetus, uh, a, a new clarity of God that she could take to others. Yeah. And, and even minister out of. I mean, when we're listening to somebody, when we're watching the works that they do, um, there's, there's all of these things from the story of Jesus that we're learning about him, about his love of others. We're learning about the love of the Father when we see him uh, working with people, healing people, delivering people. Um, setting lepers back into community with people. Like, it's, you know, we learn so much by what he says and what he does. Um, But we're meant to do more than just observe.
0: Oh, well, I think, too, as we learn, we step out, right? Like, I learned something a few weeks ago in the Elijah Host course. And just the the depth of love God has for me, but to the point, like I could get frustrated with my family history, frustrated with stuff I had to walk through, which yeah. was unhealthy. Yeah. But God placed me there. Like God loved me so much that He placed me in my family line. Wow. And that was his, his desire and plan. I was not a mistake. So even maybe not loving everything, that, I walk through as a person child yeah. Yeah. um I need to actually be thankful for all those good things and be thankful that God actually chose that family line for me like he, it was
1: he, he wanted more for your family line yeah well, you understand right? oh yeah for like, sure like but
0: now I get the privilege actually as I recognize things yeah. to actually even on behalf of my ancestors just repent or just Change. Make a change, make change a of shift pattern. in my life, sure. make a shift of the pattern in my life. Yeah. And then my kids get to reap a healthier family line, and yeah. hopefully that keeps going down and yeah. perfect. One day, but
1: see, there, there's there's also something really powerful going on there. Like yeah. God wants to redeem that which is lost and, and yeah. bring it forth. Like He wants to. He wants to. Have the the enemy is like busy rubbing his hands, thinking that he's he's you know that he's he's dumbfounded. Everybody, he's taken over everything, and that he has authority over this. And Jesus moves in with His power and his love. And he uses those things that were meant to destroy us and he, and he turns it around as a weapon against the enemy and he uses it for good. So not only does he redeem us, but he wins back the spoils that have been taken from yeah. us. You know, He turns the table all around. He rewrites the narrative of our lives and our stories. Yeah. And, and he, he involves us in it.
0: But that, for us... Yep. to walk through that with God sure. himself we actually need to sit at the feet of Jesus to actually learn more to experience his depth of love for us to break off some of our crusties that we have and crusties
1: <laughs> stuff. I love what Eric would Eric McHughie would say there he says yeah he's going to scrape the barnacles off of her <laughs> <our laughs> he's going to smooth this out so that the craft can flow better in the water I love that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jen is saying that she's sitting there doing laundry and joining us in and uh, and uh, you feel like that's talking to you we're we're thrilled Jen we love you we but bless we're not you. talking
0: about you, but if uh, <laughs> if the shoe fits no I'm just the
1: yes shoe, shoe. <laughs> good night, good night <laughs> so yeah so yeah, so what's andrea saying there? maybe you can catch up on what she's I
0: can andrea's see. just saying such a great perspective and being grateful for family line. Despite the brokenness and seeing his heart for our family, powerful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Like, You're right, Andrea. You know, and listen, there have been there have been real losses in our families. Let's be honest, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm thinking back to your to your mom's second husband, who we, you know, I mean, through one set of tragedies or another, we like have no relationships with him anymore. Yeah. And Yeah, just cut off suddenly. You know, I there there and we could go on and on, but yeah, but we don't give up, right? Don't give up fighting for, you know, the thing that Jesus wants and he wants good for our lives. Jesus wants good for the lives of all of his people and it's it's why he's willing to travel on to Jerusalem and to challenge really the powers. The religious powers, the political powers, the military powers with the kingdom and love of God. Uh, and he knows the cost. He knows the cost. But in the end, he wins. We all win. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he's passing through Bethany. That's how we, the story here doesn't say specifically that they're at Bethany, but we know from other stories about Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus,
0: Lazarus yeah. that
1: their, their home was in Bethany. Pretty you know, like a yeah, a pretty close distance to uh, on the road to from Jericho to Jerusalem. Um, he's passing through, and he's come to the house of Mary and Martha. And in the process of visiting their home, Jesus has assaulted all of the sort of commonly held assumption about who's in and who's out. I love that. Yeah, and you can, <laughs> read Luke's read read. Read the 10th chapter of Luke because it actually starts off with a good Samaritan story. This is a bonus feature that is not included in our notes. But again, you find Jesus assaulting this idea of who's in and who's out when he identifies who who your neighbor is, right? And he talks about the Samar- the good Samaritan. <laughs> uh, I love Jesus. I love what he does. Um, who's in, who's out. He fully welcomes Mary and every one of us, and Martha, in. He welcomes them all in. And when we open our doors to him, when we invite him into our home, he comes in. Whether we're preoccupied or we're fully occupied with him, he comes in. Jesus, Jesus' valuation of each and every human being isn't based on some abstract ideals of gender or race or social class. He's not ticking all of these things off but it is entirely based on the overflowing love of God for all of humanity, even our enemies.
0: Absolutely.
1: I actually find that kind of an interesting thought, of thinking of people as your enemy. Like, like, do we actually have a list like that? Do we keep lists of people who are our enemies? I, it's an abstract for me. Anyways, more, more free thoughts.
0: <laughs> actually, we are not perfect in that. No. But as we wouldn't call them enemies, but as we, you and I, get people in our face, or we just go, "Oh, that
1: hurt." Mm.
0: We actually, after we process, we give them to God and just choose love. But, right
1: on, right on, right on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Jesus is breaking into our lives, breaking into our homes, breaking into our family lineage. God, oh, you've got to love it. You've got to love it. Uh, he loves Mary. He loves Martha. He doesn't love one more than the other. I hope you never get that from this story. He's just saying yeah. to Martha, she's chosen the one thing, and it's not going to be taken away from her. And, and Jesus, I think that's an invitation for all of us. Choose the one thing, and it won't be taken away from you. I mean, you can feel almost Jesus' jealousy over that. I do. Like, you got to hear that. Yeah. Choose choose life. Choose life. Mary's life in that moment and for the rest of her life is going forward. And it's going to be marked with a willingness to sit at the feet of Jesus. You know? Like can, I can just imagine every time that she quieted herself there she thought of those times of sitting and learning at his feet. And of course, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, she would have recognized the character and the love of God coming again and comforting her and even the voice of God himself. Like, you know, of course, there's a whole bunch more that we could say to that. Learning to discern the importance of Jesus' visitation, uh, she chose to sit at his feet. She recognized Jesus is here. I need to sit at his feet and simply be with him to savor his presence and, and to hang on every word. Do we feel like that when we come into our times of, of quiet and prayer with Jesus? Or when we're doing something and we're in the company of people and we hear, uh, we hear the voice of God, we feel him stirring. Is that there that sense of being captured up in the moment? Jesus is here, I've got to know what it is that he's up to. Why is he here? Why is this so important? Have you ever felt those moments with people where something just shifts? You yeah,
0: know? for sure.
1: Yeah. So. I mean,
0: yesterday, this is an admission on air.
1: Oh well, no. <laughs> and this is live. You can't this edit is it why. out.
0: <laughs> but yesterday, I, I just, I didn't even get dressed. And that's not usually me. Oh, this is
1: nothing. I think this is great.
0: And so I chose to do, I wanted to finish a puzzle because I wanted it off my kitchen table. So... <laughs> So I chose, and I bet you I did that puzzle seven-plus hours. Just sat there. I got up and got some food. Went to the washroom. But I did nothing all day. But in that time, I wasn't distracted. And I had amazing prayer times with God, because I was having a wrestling going on inside me. Sure. I had stuff I just couldn't shake. And uh, But in that quiet time, looking for pieces of my thousand-piece puzzle, uh, I was able to shake and have amazing conversations with God, and uh, wow. but it took me to say, I'm not getting dressed, I'm not going to do anything, even dinner is leftovers. If you're hungry, you got to find it, because I'm not feeding you.
1: So, so folks, can you see how not religious that looks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus is here, I'm staying in my, my bathrobe.
0: <laughs> I, I did get d- dressed. I did
1: work to
0: go on the hot tub at night. Yeah, well there you go. And then I went to bed.
1: You would look like you were 30 enjoying yourselves all day yesterday.
0: And I finished my puzzle.
1: Yeah, and you were delighted and you even got your son helping you out with you.
0: And it. I got freed up from the wrestling I was
1: going through. Going yeah. through. So. Yeah, so there you go, like uh, not sackcloth and ashes. She just stayed in her <laughs> in her house robe. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I don't ever get the impression that I don't. Mary's not a lazy person. Like that. No. Don't ever get that impression no. from this. It, it, we're not led to believe that. She simply recognized what the best part of that moment was, and she grabbed a hold of that. She grabbed a hold of it to be present with Jesus, and and Jesus won't, doesn't want her uh to to lose that. He doesn't want that to be taken from her. Jesus recognizes it. Being with Jesus doesn't mean our lives have come to a total standstill, right? You know, our goal is to love God with our whole being, with our whole lives, to have our, our inner man woken up and welcomed into an awareness of his presence, living in us and at work in our lives and at work in the people all around us. Right? Even if it looks like Calamity Jane, you know, like it just looks like everything is going crazy in their lives. It's like, you know, even where there's chaos, it's like, you know, we've got to be in those spaces looking to welcome Jesus in and yeah. see what is he doing? And, but he wants us to live out of that place no matter where we find ourselves and no matter uh, what we're doing. Uh, can we live out of that place Uh we're called to be his disciples. That means we're called to be followers of Jesus. We're called to walk out our lives, partnered and, and tied into him. Whether we're sitting at the feet of Jesus or we're, we're actively at work like Martha. I don't want to beat Martha up. She's, a, she's at least new enough to come out of the kitchen and come into the main part of the room and go, what is up? <laughs> She went. At least she she understood authority and went to Jesus. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he gave her an answer. He might, she might not have liked everything that he did, um, but I I know she loved Jesus, right? So he he invites us to be in at to welcome him in, and at every time in our life, and wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, um, and whether we're like Martha just simply taking care of the things that need to get done. Jennifer like doing the laundry. Like awesome. I love it when the laundry gets done. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just one more one more part that I I haven't had to do, but but as you consider this story, what what stands out for you? What stands out for you? Like lots. Uh-oh. No?
0: No, I just um what stands out is, I, just, I was thinking of the course we're going to be offering on the emotionally healthy, but just on yeah. the day-to-day, how that actually actually helps you have a rich quietness with God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we could say, well, I spent my quiet time with God, but in that quiet time with God, we are busy mm. with requests. We're busy with other Our prayer concerns. And that, there is times for that, but there's also a time of just nothing with God, just silent. Yeah. And with the day-by-day, day, which when we took the other course, it just helped a lot of people just learn the importance of just being with Jesus.
1: Yeah, so how many of you that um, you know, participated in that last spring? Like how many are continuing on um, just in that day-to-day office, right? The daily office uh it i am uh i recognized a shift in in me you know um like a certain more of a quietness in my soul even though things could still be falling apart around me just just you know not rushing to the dark place <laughs> as quickly yeah. maybe uh just or
0: multitasking
1: or multitasking hey god
0: we're gonna do this but
1: trying to fix everything you know yeah um uh, yeah like just uh anyways, so many so many neat things that we could do, as I considered this story, um I mean, there were like a number of things that stood out for me, but uh certainly one of them is that Mary welcomed and he she recognized and she welcomed Jesus' presence with them. It was Martha that invited them.
0: Oh, it was Martha. I love that. So, Martha, you invited them. You cooked the meal. Did you ask Mary if that was okay for her?
1: She probably didn't. She just probably assumed that her sister was going to help her. Oh, brother.
0: <laughs> But then again, if you think about it, uh, in in those days, it was the woman who cooked the meals. It was. So, sh- sure. Martha, I'm sure, just assumed that Mary would be right there with her because that's what the woman did. Yeah. And surprise! Surprise! She chooses surprise. Jesus' feet. Yeah, there you
1: go. And Mary, but this is what struck me is Mary recognizes His presence.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And she chose to sit with Him in His presence, and she chose to listen to Him often. You know, I mean, it's one thing to to be in His presence, but it's another for us to just simply be quiet and listen. Yeah. Much like God instructed the boys from time to time. This is my son. Listen to him. It would do. it would go well for you if you listen to him. Uh, if we welcome Jesus into our life, He, uh, I want to assure you, He doesn't uh, simply come to visit, but He moves yeah. right in. He moves yeah. right in, and He invites us uh, to graft ourselves into Him and into His life, just that same way. Abide in me, abide in me. That's a John fifteen yep. Yep. principle. Um, so what sort of things are worrying and upsetting you today as you consider uh, your day I uh, you probably don't want to be posting that stuff up there maybe you do but maybe there's somebody you see up there uh, you want to share that with but think about that um, take time to ask God the question uh, um, you know you might be just aware that uh, you know very often we're aware that we're we have a lot of unrest in us right but we're not Always certain what that's connected to and what that's all yeah. about.
0: So, keep your jammies on and do a puzzle. God will show you.
1: <laughs> <Puzzle>. <laughs> <laughs> There's the answer. Keep your jammies on, do a puzzle. If you need a puzzle, call Debbie. She's got... I show. have lots. <laughs> but take time. Ask God the question. What is that?
0: Yeah.
1: What's that that I'm feeling? Take time to listen. And it,
0: yeah, I was going to say it. I mean, God can bonk you upside the head and let you know in your busy life what that is. But it's
1: shouldn't have to take that.
0: Should it just being quiet, just yeah. giving God that quiet time and
1: yeah. offered to you today we're we're yeah, we're gonna continue on. We're gonna continue to be I think stirred on and encouraged by materials that we're certainly reading through um, emotional healthy spirituality. Uh, the baseline for some of the things that we shared today came from that again um, but then I'm going taking the story and just digging a little deeper like I like to do um, we wanted to offer this up to you and um, we'll be connecting with you through the week uh, we'll be putting up more materials and letting you know how you can be a part of yeah the upcoming course in February okay There's much to be grateful for. God's at work. He certainly loves us. Um, I'm going to read from Psalm 23 and, and just let you finish up here. Sure. So David writes, he says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You've bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through death valley. I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. You serve me a six-course meal right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. A little different interpretation yeah. from what, Eugene what Peterson. version is that? That's the message version from oh, Eugene okay.
0: Peterson. So God, we just bless. We thank you for you. We thank you for who you are in our lives. And we just say, we thank you that you aren't afraid of taking us deeper. And uh, So God, I just want to bless the ears out there that are listening and watching. Bless you guys. Bless your families. Uh, bless your friends you're surrounded to, bless you with health, and bless you to go deeper in what this thing called love really is, and to get it, and get it, and get it. Yeah. So just, you know, just thank Jesus for your goodness, mm. and we just ask this in your name,
1: amen. Amen.